is Truth Talks. Welcome back, everyone, to the Truth Talks podcast. I'm your host, Buddy Boone. Here with me in the studio number two, I'd call it, is uh, the pastor of Bellcroft Bible Church. His name is Pastor Matt White. How you doing today, sir? I'm doing great, buddy. It's good to be in uh, in your uh, mobile studio. Here, yeah, man. yeah. The the mobile studio is uh, the 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 room I commandeered from my daughter, who is actually in basic training right now for the U.S. Navy. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. I don't I don't know what noise they make. I know the. Uh, the Marines say hoorah or something like that. But I don't know what the Navy does. So <laughs> I just in the Navy. There, there you go. That's yeah, the only thing I they, know. They, but, yeah, they got a chant. Yeah. But uh, if you hear a chair creaking, it's actually my chair because this is the, the chair that's in my office. You know where I got this chair from? Where's that? On the way to church one morning, one of the our neighbors <laughs> <laughs> in the neighborhood had a sign that said free. There you go. So I went and grabbed it. There you and go. it's a good chair. It's, it but it, it it probably needs some oil, like yeah. a lot of oil. Yeah. Cuz it's uh it's pretty creaky. So, but you know, it is it's it has character. That's right. Yeah, it has yeah. character. It's good. So, today's topic is actually uh a topic that I am extremely excited about because this is a new endeavor uh that has been working uh, you know, uh, if you know Pastor Matt White and Belcroft Bible Church and the elders, they don't do things quickly. Uh, <laughs> they do things deliberately. And um, this is the um, the uh, the Pat, the Shepherds Institute that's actually uh, has been formed. And we are going to talk through a few things and I'm going to learn. We're going to learn a lot more about it. Um, so, uh, Pastor, what first of all, what what kind of gave you the idea mm-hmm. for uh, the Shepherds Institute? Like, where did where did that idea come from, and how did the ball get rolling on it? Yeah, so um, Shepherds Institute, uh, at its most base level, is a training institute for men. Mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, where the idea comes from, it's not even an idea, it's a command. Mm-hmm. Uh, scripture is really clear that uh, pastors are to be training men. Uh, mm-hmm. That's an undeniable, uh, uh, without question, uh, calling upon every pastor, Second Timothy two two makes it really clear mm-hmm. that we're to find faithful men mm-hmm. and entrust into them uh, the gospel and uh, ministry uh, opportunities of shepherding that they can then also shepherd others to teach others also. And it's interesting when uh, Paul gives that uh, that uh, commission to Timothy in Second Timothy two two. If you follow Paul's uh, uh, explanation in that verse. There's four generations there. So it starts with Paul. It goes to Timothy, who's to find other men. That's the third generation who are then equipped by Timothy to find other faithful men who will do also. Mm-hmm. And so you have this reality of the training of men being so serious that what Paul talks about is it should involve four generations mm. of of uh, bringing men up in sound doctrine and in an understanding not only of the gospel, but uh, Ephesians 4, the equipping of the saints to do the work of the ministry. Mm-hmm. And so um, our our job as pastor, shepherds, is to constantly be shepherding the sheep, and most specifically men, to be bringing them along to where they are uh, godly men who are walking um, in the word while living in the world mm-hmm. and to be equipping them to do that. Ephesians 4 literally says that's why pastor teachers have been given to the church. It's for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. That that speaks of everybody, mm-hmm. man, woman, child, family, the whole deal. And we do that, right? But within that is that uh, smaller sliver of, of men. You also see it even with... Uh, 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1 with the reality of elders and deacons and this uh, reality of, of, of God calling these leaders into ministry, but also alongside that is the reality of the church raising them up, right? Mm-hmm. The church equipping them, uh, training them as God calls them, uh, helping them grow in their competency and their skills and all of those things. And uh, if first uh, Timothy four, seven is a clear command, mm-hmm. uh, train yourself to godliness, right? Mm-hmm. That training implies very clearly this reality of training, right? Mm-hmm. This reality of corporate training of, of discipleship, right? Gymnazo. Gymnazo, right? That doesn't happen alone, mm-hmm. right? It happens in the context of the local church with other men. Right. Titus two very clearly lays out the the command of the older and the younger. And it's given that way for the ladies, right? They're going to have older ladies training the younger ladies. But it starts out with the older men 
training the younger men. Mm -hmm. And um, so, you know, there's so many passages you can go to. Of course, the life of Jesus as an example, what did he do? He chose 12 men and essentially what? Poured his life into them. Mm -hmm. And then what did those men do? They chose men and poured their lives into them. That's Mm -hmm. what you see with Paul, Mm -hmm. with Titus, and with Timothy, Mm -hmm. with Silas, with John Mark even. Um, And the list is long. And so, of course, then what Paul does is he's exiting, as he's passing the baton, as he's in the pastoral epistles, Timothy and Titus, as he's explaining this is how this works, what does he tell those men? He tells them to find faithful men and train them, equip them, raise them up, put them in leadership positions that they may continue Mm -hmm. the work that you're starting after you're gone. Well, that demands, uh, that demands uh, formal training. You know, it demands a, 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 uh, for lack of a better word, a, a program and a system and a, and a way in which you can do that mm-hmm. alongside informal training as well, spending right. time together. Mm-hmm. So, and then the whole, really, foundationally, at the core of the calling of the church, which is the core of every shepherd's calling, is what? Discipleship. Mm-hmm. And so this training, this institute, is really a, a whole nother level of discipleship. Discipleship has levels to it. Mm-hmm. Again, you see that in Scripture, right? right. You, the general level of the initial salvation and what's involved there, and then you know being baptized and all of that. That's, a, that's an initial level of discipleship where, mm-hmm. you're, where you're being initiated in and you're starting to grow, and then you walk alongside somebody, and then as they equip you, but then in that equipping isn't the end. Equipping goes to what? Enlisting. And you're enlisted into service, and then you start teaching others also. And so there are so many passages of Scripture that serve as the impetus, the uh, provocation for this, uh, this idea, this mindset, this pursuit. That's what it is in every way. So um, this is uh, uh, nothing more than just another avenue for us to train men. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. We're training men already. So you asked a minute ago, you know, where did this come from? It really didn't. It really didn't originate with me. Um, it came out of really necessity. Mm-hmm. So at our church, um, I've been doing this from day one because it's really probably one of my most strongest convictions. You know, apart from the sound doctrine that drives me, when it comes to the actual practical uh, ministry. Imp- implementation training men is at the top mm-hmm. there's preaching and there's training men mm-hmm. there's really nothing that supersedes that in my in my world as far as a shepherd goes because i believe those two prayer preaching and the training of men those are the three non-negotiables i will never stop doing right. everything else can fade away but those three have to stay and those three will make the ultimate impact mm-hmm. i believe that because that's what jesus did mm-hmm. right he didn't pour his life into everybody he didn't try to speak to everybody, be with everybody. What did he do? He was constantly teaching, he was constantly praying, and he was constantly with his men. Mm-hmm. And he was with others at other times, mm-hmm. but not constantly. But he was constantly with with those men. Yeah. And same thing with Paul. Mm-hmm. And because that's the calling of the shepherd, right? Mm-hmm. And um, he shepherds the sheep generally, and he shepherds the leaders specifically. Mm-hmm. And so all of that comes straight out of Scripture. And that's a passion of mine, and I think should be and must be a passion of every faithful shepherd. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at our church, we've been doing this from almost from day one because it's so near and dear to, our, to my calling and to our need as a church. We've needed men to be trained and grow. I've said this many times. I believe wholeheartedly that as the men of the church go, so goes the church. Mm-hmm. If the men are godly and growing— because you never end, right? You're mm-hmm. never you're never where you need to be. Never. You're always pursuing that, mm-hmm. though, right? And getting closer by God's grace through His Spirit in His Word. But as the men of the church are growing in their convictions, in their commitment to the Lordship of Christ, in their courage, in their in in the world, on their jobs, mm-hmm. in their homes. All of those things, so their wives are growing, so their children are growing, so so the impact in their in their homes and in their jobs and in their community. I believe that wholeheartedly. Again, because that's what the Bible teaches, all the way from Genesis to Revelation, you see a consistent thread of God calling men, using men, raising up men. 
you know, every book of the Bible is written by what? A man, mm-hmm. right? The priests were men. Uh, the apostles were men. That's not at all to downplay women at all. They, may, they play a massive role in the world mm-hmm. and in our life. They played a massive role in the ministry of Christ. Mm-hmm. Some amazing men, like or women like Mary and Joanna and, uh, and, and those ladies that came alongside Jesus and supported him financially mm-hmm. and even um, physically, emotionally. They were there to encourage him and, and, and even provide meals and, and serve. You see that throughout the, throughout the uh, Gospels and even the beginning of Acts, mm-hmm. right there in the upper room as they're picking the ne- next apostle. We see all those faithful ladies by name there in, the, in Acts chapter 1. And so they play a, played a massive role. Um, in the Old Testament, they play a massive role in the New Testament. They play a massive role in the church. Mm-hmm. So I don't at all want to be be misunderstood. Uh, That's not what I'm saying. Titus two is clear. There's a there's a, a massive part for women to play in the marriage, in the home, and in the church. But what we're talking about is the reality of leadership, mm-hmm. and that is a calling for men. Yeah, and we're wanting to raise up leaders. Mm-hmm. I I'm not wanting it. I'm I'm convinced mm-hmm. that this is part of my calling. Right. That's why I'm doing this. This isn't an extra. This isn't an addendum. Mm-hmm. Like we, like at Bellcroft, we're we're uh, got nothing else to do. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, I guess we can go to phase four now. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna work on training men because everything else is done. No, it's not it at all. This is the phase. Mm-hmm. Like this is primary preaching, prayer, training men. Everything mm-hmm. else. Is secondary. Now you mentioned uh, levels. So there are yeah. different levels uh, of discipleship. Can you kind of explain what yeah. those levels would be as pertaining to the Shepherds Institute? Yeah, excellent question. So um, at Bellcroft, and I and I keep mentioning that because um, we'll get to this. Remind me after this after I answer your question, because the Shepherds Institute really is the, is a collaboration of three churches, which is awesome, mm-hmm. right? And so that's why I was saying it didn't really originate with me. It's it really is is the work of three different pastors and mm-hmm. uh, Dr. P- Paul Shirley out of uh, Grace Community Church, Delaware, being the primary one, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But but for Belcroft Bible Church, for for us, um, I my my vision, my perspective, my uh, design in our leadership training of men goes across three levels. This is the way I think of it, just for clarity's sake. Mm-hmm. Level one is what we would call our men's ministry, okay. right? That's level one, and that is open to every man in the church. And and I say open, I would say from it's my conviction that every man in the church should be a part of it. Mm-hmm. I I don't understand and. And uh, some will have to explain it to me, and some I've tried, and I just I just don't understand it. It just doesn't make sense to me why every man wouldn't be a part of men's ministry. Yeah, like I I've tried to understand. There are men who are not a part of it, and I and 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 I see that. So it's not that I'm not saying that every man is a part of it. They're not, or I wouldn't be saying it. Mm-hmm. But I don't understand why every man isn't a part of it because this I know: every man needs to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Why? I'm glad you asked because Titus two commands it. Right. Every man's an older man mm-hmm. and every man needs to have a younger man. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the ways he can do that is through that is through that general is through that general ministry of men's ministry, right? Mm-hmm. That that reality of them coming together uh, on a Saturday morning and encouraging one another and being mm-hmm. together and 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 strengthening each other and mm-hmm. and that's a blessing, mm-hmm. right? And uh, so um, but the other side of it is every man needs it, whether he admits yeah. it or not. He yeah. needs the fellowship of the brother. Mm-hmm. He needs the encouragement. He needs the accountability. He needs the conviction. And he needs to pour out. Because what happens when all you do is absorb is you become nothing more than a tick on a dog's back, mm-hmm. right? You just become blown up. You become swelled up. Mm-hmm. And God's design for discipleship was always to be a river, not a reservoir, mm-hmm. where the truth goes in and the truth comes out yeah. as you pour into somebody else. Again, that level one provides a very good opportunity mm-hmm. for that to happen. So whether you're a man who may be more seasoned in the scriptures and like, well, I don't need that now. Well, then your opportunity in that level one is to pour into others. Right. Yeah. And so no matter who you are, everybody should be involved in that because, again, that's body life. That's the one another's of Scripture. How are you serving one another, caring for one another? If you're not doing it to your 
to your brother, mm-hmm. right? If you're not doing it horizontally there, then why would you do it with the stranger who walks in the church, right? right. It's, it's far easier to do it there. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the ladies. I mean, they have their ladies' ministry, and, and it's the same exact thing. Everybody should be a part of that. Now, granted, life is busy, and young younger moms, younger dads, they have struggles and by way of, you know, they're not sleeping or they got to work on a Saturday or work on a Monday, whatever. That's fine. That's that's not a, that's a totally warranted excuse. But apart from that, I don't understand it. So level one is generally for everybody. Right. And that involves not only Bible studies and retreats and conferences. We do a bunch of stuff in our men's ministry mm-hmm. that involves that. We go away to conferences. We have uh, we do a retreat every other year. We do our Bible study. We do other things, even gatherings, uh, breakfast. Mm-hmm. And so those that's level one where we're training men. And, and for our Bible study or our men's ministry, we, we're a part of a four-year cycle uh, theological study on godliness. Mm-hmm. That's great. I mean, that's again, what's it for? To train men to be godly. Now, was that right? by design or did it just take that long to get to it? Well, no, no, it took that long to get through it. Okay. There, there's no design there. Okay. It, it, it's just, we just work through it and it took four years and now we're going to go back through it again. Right. Because it took that long and it's like, yeah, well, who remembers what the first lesson was? Who doesn't want to go back through it? And right. so, but um, praise the Lord. Level two then is the Shepherd's Institute. Mm-hmm. So level if you're in level one and you're growing and you're committed and you're seeing the benefit and and yet in your heart you want more. There's just like, yeah, I, I wanna I wanna understand more. I wanna be able to use the the sword of the spirit because it is a tool. Mm-hmm. The Bible is a tool. Right. That's why it's called a it's, it's a weapon. Mm-hmm. And so I want to be able to know how to use my sword, right? Every soldier wasn't just handed a sword. He, he had to go through a class. He had to go through training on how to use the sword. Well, Shepherd's Institute is much like that. It's going to equip you at a, at a more practical, personal, deeper level on ministry leadership um, in the church. So you're thinking, hey, maybe I'm not ready now, but I really do think I'd like to be a leader in the church one day. Maybe an elder, maybe a deacon, maybe a Sunday school teacher, maybe a counselor, Maybe, maybe, maybe it's just in my home. I want to teach my wife. I want to teach my kids. I want to, whatever. I, I need more. The Shepherd's Institute would be a prime opportunity for that. And uh, maybe even uh, down the road, maybe I might want to be a pastor. Maybe I'm open to it. I don't know if the Lord would call me to that, but I'd be open to being a, a pastor or a missionary or whatever. You, you need. You're going to need training. This is a good place to start. So level two is for those guys who are already in committed to faithful to level one this is the way at bellcroft uh, we're i'm structuring it and and then for those guys then you can move into level two and why do i say that because again it all is driven by scripture second timothy chapter two verse two is very clear he told timothy find any man nope find a faithful faithful man well, there's many ways to define and describe a faithful man and to manifest that faithfulness. In our context, one of those is being a part of level one. Mm-hmm. If you're a part of level one on a consistent basis and, a, and you're, you're having impact both personally as well as corporately on others and interacting and encouraging, that's a sign of faithfulness. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's just a, this is a very practical way in which we as elders, myself, uh, as the pastor and the other elders who do the part of the evaluating who's ready for Shepherd's Institute and who's not is to gauge, okay, were they involved in level one? Are they involved in level one? Are they, are they having input? Are they having impact? Are they doing the work at level one? Because Shepherd's Institute level two is heavy work. Mm-hmm. And if you're not doing the light work on level one, why would you ever think you're going to do the work on level two? Mm-hmm. Right. And so, so it's our way of helping guide the right guys into that and, so, uh, yeah, so that's level two would be for those men who, who want to serve at a higher level, want to grow at a deeper level, mm-hmm. and who have shown themselves faithful at the lower level, then this is level two. So it's another level of training. Uh, Paul Shirley, who really was in many ways the, the orchestrator of so much of this, he, he has a phrase that's really helpful. He says, Shepherd's Institute is about training men is training men for ministry now and potentially 
greater ministry in the future. Hmm. So what that brings in is what I just said, that reality of training men to raise them up into the church leadership now, wherever that might be, whether it's a Sunday school teacher, a counselor, a deacon, and even potentially an elder, you're getting much of that training in a very formal, very intense, very, very helpful way. But then you're, you're, you could very well be, and only the Lord knows this, you could very well be one that the Holy Spirit will call into ministry, mm-hmm. right? Meaning full-time ministry right. as a pastor, as a, a missionary, as a, even a teacher somewhere, you know, even professionally. I mean, you never know. I'm standing here right now. I never wanted to be a pastor. Matter of fact, people told me for 10 years I should be a pastor. I told them they were crazy. Wow. I never wanted to do this, mm-hmm. right? But as Acts 20 says, the Holy Spirit set me apart for this. Mm-hmm. But it took me a long time to figure that out mm-hmm. with many godly men around me shepherding me through that. Well, you know, I mean, I, again, uh, if, you, if I was a young man going into something like this and I was, yeah, I just want to. I just want to lead my family well. I want to, I want to serve in the church because that's a command. That's why I was saved. Mm-hmm. And, and this will help me uh, be equipped for that. Praise the Lord. I'll do it. I, and then I would have heard somebody say, yeah, but there's level three. Well, what's level three? Well, out of level two, God will likely call specific men to be in ministry. Mm-hmm. And this helps them prepare for that. Right. I would have been like, yeah, that'll never be me. <laughs> right. And so my point is how many men will say that? And yet mm-hmm. down the road, how many men will the Lord... It happens as you study God's word mm-hmm. and you get fired up and the Holy Spirit's changing you. Things happen. Yeah. And and it's a blessing. But all of that, right? So that's the three levels. Level one is every man. Level two is a smaller group of men. Level three is the smaller. smallest group mm-hmm. of men mm-hmm. who are then sent off to uh, seminary to finish out their training, sent off to the mission field, sent off to a church plant, sent off to another church, whatever. But they've been trained. And that's the part that that really I'm most excited about the Shepherds Institute is that we, again, I'm convinced this is not an addendum to our ministry. This is core to our ministry, that the local church is to be the training ground for other churches. Mm -hmm. Men are to be trained in the church, not outside the church. This idea of Bible colleges and seminaries, they have their place, their parachurch ministries. They're there to help the church, not to replace the church. Every parachurch ministry is there to support and help the church, not replace it. However, most parachurch ministries serve as a, as a replacement of the church. Mm-hmm. And that's what has happened with Bible colleges and seminaries. They have actually ended up replacing the church, not by their design. I'm not, I'm not imposing that. Some of them no doubt think that, mm-hmm. but I'm not imposing that on all of them. It's just happened by attrition right? Because churches have become so weak and so whimsical in their ministry philosophy, they no longer see this as a core conviction, so they're not training their people, let alone their men. Hmm. But that's what we're to be doing. We are to be training our men Mm -hmm. and then using those other institutions that can do some things that we can't do. They can teach the languages at a deeper level or, 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 or take those men into other areas of academics that I just don't have the time to do. Then we can use those institutions as a, as a resource. Uh That's what, that's the way it's supposed to work. But honestly, it rarely does that these days. And so, the Shepherd's Institute is exactly that. It's a place where you should be trained in your local church by your local church pastor. And then if the Lord would call you into ministry, then that local church becomes your proving ground. It becomes your purifying ground and it becomes uh, your sending ground where you're sent off to a seminary or sent off into ministry with a strong foundation from people who know you, who have watched you, who have supported you, and they send you out supported. Mm -hmm. So if you're a missionary, you've got your first supported church Mm -hmm. who are connected with other churches. You go to seminary, they support you through that. They're Mm -hmm. giving you money. Why? Because they know you're faithful. Because you've been trained. They already know what you think. And the blessedness of all this is, is um, by God's grace, what a, what a joy it would be for, for guys to get trained and then come back into the church, mm-hmm. right? I've been thinking um, what a privilege and what a blessing and what a design by God is. Why wouldn't we see guys come out of this and be missionaries? Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't we be seeing missionaries come into our church from an institute like this? Absolutely, we should. We I expect that. I expect that will happen over the years where guys will be like, 
you know, the Lord's laid this on my heart. I'd like to go plant a church. And it's like, all right, let's get you, let's finish out your training. Let's get you trained up. Let's send you out. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. that's why, I mean, we could, we could have a future pastor on staff because Mm -hmm. of this. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, my replacement could come through this. Mm -hmm. You know, I know that I'm expecting that Mm -hmm. because that's the way the church should be. It should be constantly training up men to carry the baton. It's like a marathon, mm-hmm. right? It's like a, it's like a relay race. You, it's, it, I'm, not the, I'm not the only runner, and I'm not the final runner. Someone will come behind me unless the Lord returns. And I've got the baton at Belcroft right now, which is the Word of God, the Gospel, and I'm running with all my might, and I'm taking as many guys with me saying, let's go, let's go. But sooner or later, I'm not going to be able to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And I've got to pass that on to somebody else. Much better for me to pass that on to a man that I have trained Word. and that the church knows, mm-hmm. the church trusts, the church loves. Mm-hmm. And then it's a seamless trend and it just keeps going. Right. You right. know, I mean, that, that's, that's to me, that's... It just makes sense. It's, absolutely. But mm-hmm. where does that happen? Hardly ever. Yeah. Hardly ever. Because, again, people just don't have a biblical philosophy of ministry. And so uh, we like to say um, uh, at the Shepherds Institute, we believe wholeheartedly that the best, the best teachers of shepherds are those who are already shepherding. So most, most institutions don't have shepherds as their teachers. They have professors. Right. And there's things you can clearly learn from a professor <clears throat> as I have. But it, what, what, what I think I am so thankful and grateful for my training, just about all of the men who trained me were shepherds mm-hmm. and not just professors. They were men who pastored for 20 plus years and then became professors. Mm-hmm. And so they had a totally different perspective. You take guys who all they have is book knowledge and, and professorship. Um, they can teach you things without question, but what they can't teach you, they'll never be able to teach you is shepherding. And you need a shepherd to teach you how to shepherd. Mm-hmm. And that's why the Shepherds Institute is always being, uh, the teachers are shepherds. They are shepherds who are shepherding. That is the best teachers, the best instructors, the best disciples to help other men learn how to shepherd. Whether it's just shepherding at the local lay level as an elder or a deacon or a counselor, or whether that's even preparing them for actual full-time ministry. Mm-hmm. It will always be the pastor of a faithful, healthy, sound church who will be the best instructor, the best discipler, because he's doing it. He's doing it in real time, in real life. And so the Shepherd's Institute then brings men along in real ministry, mm-hmm. not, you know, even in my seminary training, there was a lot of things that were done that were just clinical, right? Almost like like uh, pseudo preaching situations where you're preaching to, or you're preaching to fellow classmates. Well, yeah, I mean, you can work on your outlines and your introductions yeah. and you can, but, but, but that's, it's, it's all, it's all fake. Yeah. I mean, it's all fake no matter how you want to say it. Right. Mm-hmm. And the feedback is, 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 uh, let's just say, uh, generally unhelpful at best forced, mm-hmm. right? Because you've got to give, give, it's part of your grade. If you don't feed back somebody else's right. sermon, so I mean, right. you're just doing it because it's part of the requirement, and and they want you to be nice when they preach. Yeah, so, yeah, you know. it's 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 the best, but it's the best you can do in that setting. Right. So it's like right. I get it. There's no really no other options. Mm-hmm. However, when it's in the local church, and you're actually preaching mm-hmm. in that local church, you're actually teaching. You actually have real live people, sheep that you are working with that leadership team at that church and you're teaching that Sunday school class and they're coming up to you and going, yeah, you know what? That was really confusing. Hmm. You know, you, you, you know, I, I, I understand what you were trying to say, but mm-hmm. it just didn't make sense to me. Yeah. That hits, you know, that hits totally differently. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> and guess what? Every man needs that. Yeah. How many men go into the pulpit, come out of seminary, go into the pulpit and they are, they are a total mist in the pulpit. You know what a mist in the pulpit becomes in the pew, don't you? Uh, a vapor. A cloud. Oh. <laughs> it starts out as a mist, right. and by the time it hovers, the, the word moves from the pulpit in the mist to the pew, man, it's a cloud. It's completely confusing. Okay. So when the pastor is confusing in the pulpit, by the time he gets to the pew and the person's sitting there, man, he's done. He's yeah. just like, what in the world is this? And how many pastors have that? Right, they think one thing, but it's not coming out that way. And the church is the proving ground. Yeah. That's 
That's what the text says. I mean, even when it comes to deacons, what does it say so clearly? Before he ever becomes a deacon, let him first be tested. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, this reality of of teaching and training and putting them in real life ministry. I mean, I know uh, most of the guys that I know coming out of seminary became a pastor and never really sat in on an elders meeting. Hmm. They go they go from seminarian to pastor and now they have to run, not just be a part, run elders meetings. And they never really did that. Never had the opportunity to do that. Think about it. Hmm. And now, you know, they're given all this responsibility. That's not right. Yeah. But 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 an institute set within the local church, under local church pastors, under real live people and you bring guys along and you teach them and you show them, you get them involved, you, see, you show them the good, the bad, and the ugly, yeah. and you let them. Man, that proves the man. That purifies the man. That tempers the man. And you know what else it'll do? One of the things about ministry that's really, really scary is we have a lot of guys in ministry that ought not be there. But they don't know. They have an emotional desire to serve, which is awesome, and I think oftentimes a result of our devotion to God but they've never been given a taste of ministry to see what it really is. So they just wholeheartedly sell everything. They go off to seminary, they get their degree, and then they get into ministry and they're like, oh, this is not what I signed up for, right? Right? Why? Because they were never given a taste for it. They were never trained in the local church. Mm -hmm. One thing's for sure, you go through a real live training institute within a local church, you'll know really quickly whether this is what you want or not. This is what you were made to do. This Mm -hmm. is what your desire is. Um, so there's so many, so many benefits to it. Um, so yeah, it's not a, it's not a seminary. It's an institute. There's a lot of things we can't do because we are local church pastors, Mm -hmm. but, uh, but what we can do, we are going to do because we must do it because it's part of our calling. Mm -hmm. It's part of our calling. So, um, yeah. Good. And you, you mentioned Paul Shirley. Um, and of course, uh, you know, Belcroft is a part of it. Um, Belcroft and you, and then Paul Shirley. What was the name of Paul Shirley's church? Grace Community, uh, Grace Community Church, Delaware. Okay, so that's Delaware. Yep. And then, um, is there anybody else that's involved with um, it? Right now, there's uh, so it, the Shepherd's Institute is a col- is a collaboration between three local churches: Baltimore Bible Church, Grace Community, uh, Grace Community Church of Delaware and Belcroft Bible Church. Okay. And so our three churches coming together to work together in establishing and implementing the Shepherd's Institute. And uh, we're really excited about it. The three pastors are the main instructors in the Institute. We're sharing the load. We're spreading it out. This is another reason where this came from. So I was, as you, because you're a part of it, training our men, George, Pastor George from Baltimore Bible Church is training his men. Pastor Paul's training his men, and we get together because we serve at another institute and another um, ministry. So we're together quite a bit, and we're both telling each other, "Man, I've got all these guys. I I, I can't train them all. I don't know what to do. I, we're, how are we going to do this? And what are you guys doing?" And we're we all sitting around talking and realizing we all got the same problem. We need to do more, but we mm-hmm. don't know how to do it more, and we can't do more. Right? Mm-hmm. We're already swamped. So we started thinking how what if we shared the load what hmm. if we came together hmm. and actually you taught a class and then I taught a class and then I taught a class and then yet we were continuing to work with our guys within our churches and so that kind of was starting to uh, really drive the design or or the philosophy of of the of the uh, the shepherds institute and um, so yeah we're excited about it um, hmm. and I uh, it's one of the strengths too. I was telling our guys, if I was if I was your only instructor, um, that would make you weak, right? You want other men. You want other men in your life. You want to be listening to other sound guys. You don't want to just listen to me because eventually you just pick up all my bad points, right? Right. And so I want you listening to other guys, and you can learn from them as well. And 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 as you do that, you'll become well-rounded and stronger. And this provides an opportunity for that, mm-hmm. where you get to hear three different pastors from three different churches. We all have the same philosophy of ministry, which is our most important aspect. We all have the same doctrine, which is our most important pillar. We all have the same mission, which is our most important perspective. We, we're, we're, we're lockstep, united, wholeheartedly, but we all have different uh, 
we all have different ministry practice, right? Mm-hmm. We preach differently. We counsel a little bit differently. We, we even go about shepherding our men a little bit differently. But you can learn from that. There's strengths and weaknesses, and you can pick those up, and you'll learn that. And, and it really will bring a, a well-rounded uh, training for men, both in their home, in the church, and mm-hmm. in the world. Yeah, good. So as far as the curriculum, um, what does that look like for the Shepherds Institute? Uh, I know that there, you know, when, when you look at like a uh, like a seminary type of thing, there's different paths that, yep. you know, one can take. Yep. Uh, somebody could take a missionary path, as you mentioned, yep. as you mentioned, but, you know, someone could take like a pastor path at a, at a, at a I would say, a, not a regular, but a, yeah. uh, a, a, a bigger seminary what would be some of the paths that, you know, could be taken in, yep. in the Institute? Great question. So again, the idea right now, what's driving uh, George, Paul and myself with this is wanting to train our men. Those again, that second tier men, the, mm-hmm. that group of men that have the desire, have the, have the uh, conviction or they, they've shown themselves faithful and they, they want to go to that next level I'm not sure exactly where that's going to lead. So taking those men and giving them the the core of what they're going to need for wherever they're going to go. Mm-hmm. So the goal is not to do everything that a man could get in a seminary because we just can't offer that, and we're just not ready to offer that. And, and the men aren't ready for that. But what we wanted to do was give them seminary-level training seminary level training at the core level so we took all the core classes what we felt were the foundational most important classes to essentially root and establish these men at the core level foundational the most important aspects Mm -hmm. right so that would include hermeneutics that's probably one of the most important classes one of the most important skills that a man could ever learn Mm-hmm. is what hermeneutics the right. science and art of bible study right right there's nothing more important than that if you don't know how to study your bible and there is a method to it there is a skill to it there is a way to use the the tool right just like every tool if you don't know how to use it and we were talking about shotguns a minute ago mm-hmm. right there's a difference between aiming a shotgun and pointing a shotgun mm-hmm. don't want to aim a shotgun it's not going to be helpful right right but so but you got to learn how to use the tool so hermeneutics is core your theology classes, right? Your theology classes that works you through all the major theologies, you know, hermardiology, soteriology, eschatology, mm-hmm. all the ologies, all the systematic theology categories. You, you, you know, that's core. That's critical. That's foundational. That's where that's where real life is lived mm-hmm. at the sound doctrine level. You want to get that established. Um, your Bible overviews, giving you a full orbed. Uh, holistic understanding of how the scriptures fit together, hmm. how the Old Testament, the New Testament, what are the major themes of every book? What is the major point of, of every book? What's the, how does the Old Testament work with the new and vice versa? Hmm. You know, learning that, seeing that, that's core, that's foundational, you know, understanding that. G- even getting some, some, uh, some, really some basic knowledge of Greek, having a you know, because most of us are going to work primarily in and through the New Testament, mm-hmm. and so getting a getting a, a handle on 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 the Greek alphabet and understanding how to read some basic Greek and how to exegete some basic Greek foundational that'll just send a man to a whole new level mm-hmm. in his hermeneutics and Bible study and and the use of his hermeneutics and his exegesis. Um, it's just huge, mm-hmm. huge, and so. Um, and then, and then we're hoping to uh, uh, weave into there even some other classes as the time goes on. But those are the core classes. Those are the core, what we felt were, that's, that's, that's really foundational to everything that we are. Mm-hmm. Then you add into that specifics down the road to right. strengthen. But along with that, and this is to me is one of the strengths of the shepherds. So that's the core classes. So you'll get a class every semester in one of those paradigms whether it's a Bible overview class, whether it's a Greek class, whether it's a, um, a hermeneutics class, whatever. you'll That's kind of where every semester will have one central class in that arena. But then you'll also have what we, uh, what we call discipleship classes. 
And this is where I think the Shepherds Institute or training at the local level sets itself apart from anything you're going to get at most seminaries. Mm -hmm. And it's this. So the core class will be taught by one of the pastors with all three churches online, you know, watching. So if, if, for instance, if I'm, if I'm teaching a class at Belcroft, then all of the guys at Belcroft who are taking will be at Belcroft watching. Mm -hmm. And then the other guys at the other churches will be at their church watching. So that's the online component. It's not a traditional online uh, class, but it will have an online component to make it easy for the three campuses to connect. Right. Okay. But what the, what the discipleship class does is then the, the guys who are signed up from those three churches, they will meet every semester with their pastor, and he will then shepherd them through specific discipleship topics gotcha. that he is working them through. Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and there's all kinds of things that we want to work through, guys, with prayer and and sanctification. This is separate from step one. This is, this is, well, no, this the is. The discipleship part is separate from step one, step one, or is it one and the same? St I don't know what you mean, step one. So you're saying that there are two basic pieces. So step one no, there's would two be. Classes. There's two oh, classes. There's two classes every semester. Oh, okay. So class one is the core. It's one of the, it's either going to be a theology class. It's going to be a Greek class. It's going to be those core curriculum foundational truths that's your core curriculum is those classes. But then with that is then a discipleship class. Okay. So you're getting the academic side, mm -hmm. the core academic side, and you're getting the here here's the here's the component side. You're getting the character side, okay. the discipleship side. That would be the when, lab. Yes. Kind of like yes. The, the lab. Yes. But I'm, but what I was asking is uh I would well step or like the I, however you say it, phases, steps. So you were saying that the men's Bible study is Oh, like no, that's, the, that's totally that's separate. separate. That's totally separate. Okay, so you get the class and then you get the lab, which would be the discipleship. Yep, yep. And then, uh, you know, it would, but what's the part where all three are, is that the class? Or? Yeah, that's the that's class. The, class? Not, the okay. discipleship is just the pastor and his guys. Okay. So the Bellcroft guys that sign up um, okay. will be with me every okay. semester. All right. And they'll be with me and then... And then in that semester, they'll also be taught by one of the three guys. Mm -hmm. And that's where they'll all, all the guys will be together, vir virtual or in, in the room, so to speak, depending on where they are and gotcha. what they're doing. Does that okay. make sense? It, now, now it's making sense because you yeah. said discipleship, and I'm like, well, there's already discipleship. Yeah. So is that, but this is separate. This yeah, is this kind of like. Well, so let's just say hypothetically, right, in our men's Bible study for, quote, level one training, mm -hmm. You know, we could have 40, 50 men in a room, right, going right. through godliness for an hour, right, basically, mm -hmm. every other Saturday. What this will be now is out of those 40 or 50 men, hypothetically, you know, we're probably going to have five to 10 guys that'll take to Shepherd's Institute. Mm -hmm. Now you're going to have five to 10 guys that are going to meet with me before that. I'm going to do it probably on Saturdays before that men's Bible study from six to eight for two hours, mm -hmm. going specifically down deep in topics specific to ministry, to life, to the home, to all of these things. Imagine the difference of the discipleship and the depth of training when it's uh, a group of five to 10 guys versus a, a group of 40 guys. Mm -hmm. And now you're talking nitty gritty into the inner workings of both ministry life ministry uh, work and ministry impact on different levels for different discipleship topics. And then we have two more solar brothers that are on level three type of yeah. uh, training yeah. with you later. Yeah, yeah. that comes that's after. A long, that's that a comes, long day for them. That, yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> well worth it, well worth it. Yeah, yeah. but um, so does that make sense? Now it, make, now, now yeah. it makes sense. So no, that's now good. putting all the pieces together. Yeah, there's some components to it, but that's like you're looking at a, at a flyer here, and that's, mm -hmm. what's, that's what's over here Right. when you see the that. The pastoral ministry. Yes. Okay, yep. so yep. Uh, now I understand. Yep. So, the so every semester, gotcha. pastor is meeting with those guys from his church. Gotcha. So I'm not meeting with George's guys or Paul's guys because, again, Obviously. now it makes sense because what's the heartbeat of the Shepherds Institute? Local pastors, local shepherds training mm -hmm. their men. Right. And so that's where that's really going to take place is in those labs, in those discipleship classes. Gotcha. And um, I'm really excited about that. And so out of that, those guys, 
um, depending on where they are in ministry and what where they're going. But some of those guys will come to elders meetings, bring them to an elders meeting, mm-hmm. let them see what it's like, let them, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, bring them into some of that and let them show them. Uh, as the, so the Shepherd's Institute, the curriculum is a three, it's a basically a three year cycle right now. Mm-hmm. So it's a three, we have, we've built it and it, and it's essentially a three year program. And as uh, it, which involves preaching, teaching classes. So as some of those guys take some of that, then they'll get some teaching opportunities, preaching opportunities to grow. And, you know, again, the practical side. Mm-hmm. So it sounds, uh, like it's going to be really good. And uh, yeah, I didn't notice that other part. I thought it was just like another class that you were teaching, but the pastoral yeah. ministry part, uh, I'm really going to like that. And that's what, again, that's what sets it apart. Going, yeah. I mean, I had labs when I was in seminary, but again, it's, it was nothing like that. It was mm-hmm. just, it was more, you know, I mean, it was beneficial to me. And I, I had one professor, one instructor that I, that I endeared myself to. And uh, I ended up, it was not, uh, supposed to i was not supposed to be allowed to do this because you're supposed to take a different lab with a different instructor every semester mm-hmm. i ended up taking this one and uh, this one lab with this one instructor i think three or four times because <laughs> i liked him so much and right. he was such a blessing but right. i had to get it approved right because it right. wasn't normal but uh yeah so this is a nothing like that mm-hmm. this is way different than that this is real life shepherding and it's again it's one of the reasons why we're doing this because Mm -hmm. that was we all look back and see that as one of the weakest links in our in our seminary training was the lack of personal shepherding yeah right it was more academic focused and we all learned a bunch from it we're thankful for what we've learned and we all three of us you know feel we've got some of the best training out there and yet it still wasn't what we feel as the heartbeat of God's design is that training happens in the local church mm-hmm. by now, your pastor. Yeah. Yeah. So the last part I, I guess we would talk about is, you know, you were saying that some guys would take this and become a missionary or they would go uh, into uh, full-time ministry as yeah. a pastor or yeah. something like that. Um, as far as this, is this all that's needed for something like that? Like, could no. someone take this and say, all right, I want to be a pastor now because of that? If if the answer is no, then yeah. what would be the next step yeah, then no, after that? Not at this point. I mean, we don't know what the Lord will do. We, we have no plans. We have no, we have no uh, ideas of what the Lord could do with it because the Lord always goes, as Ephesians 3 says, beyond anything you could hope, ask, or dream. So. Right. So we're praying that the Lord would do that with this, as if if it's His will. Um, but um, it could turn into that one day where it is self-sufficient, where it's self-contained, where mm-hmm. everything you need for an accredited degree and and complete training is right here. Right, that would be pretty amazing, and you know who knows. But that that's that's neither here nor he, neither here nor there right now. Right now, what we need. And what we desire is just the ability to train our men beyond what we're doing now. And this is what we can do. So this would take you theoretically, this would take you with the classes we're offering and what we're, what we're giving, this would give you at least half of your seminary training, a traditional seminary degree, let's say a a master's of divinity. Mm -hmm. This would, if you did all these classes for credit, you would tech, you would, you know, theoretically have about half of your seminary training done. So seminary generally takes a, for a master's of divinity, about four years mm-hmm. of intense training. You would have probably two, two and a half of that done mm-hmm. if you did this for credit. So there's, there's two, for lack of a better word, tracks. Mm-hmm. There's two tracks in the Shepherd's Institute. One track is for credit. Mm-hmm. That means uh, you take the class with all the uh, required responsibilities of reading, writing, mm-hmm. and, and and testing, and all of that. The other track is um, is just audit, where you're in the class, you're listening to the lectures, you're getting the lecture material, and you're you're involved at that level, but you're not writing the paper. You don't have the responsibility. You know, there's no grades or anything like that, and therefore there's no credit that, that you could take to a seminary, so to speak. So um, we're going to offer it on those two tracks because we know, uh, I would say probably a lot of the men aren't going to really desire or even want to eventually go into a seminary down the road. They just want to serve in the local church. Mm-hmm. You know, I just want to be a, I know I'm going to be a lay elder. At least I want to be, you know, at this point, I think I'm, the Lord's called me to that. And right. I want to prepare for that. Yeah. You don't need to, 
You'll need to take it for credit for that. But if you're like, you know what? I'm open to missions. I'm open to being a pastor. I don't know if that's what the Lord will call me to. And I, I really like to study. I'm, I'm open to going to seminary one day. It's like, you know what? Take it for credit. Write the papers. Let's see. Right. Let's see. And um, so, yeah, um, we've talked to a couple seminaries, and they have been very encouraged about what we're doing. And uh, they've actually helped us in giving us um, uh, some wisdom and how to do this and mm. what to do and what not to do. Mm-hmm. They've really been very, very, very helpful and uh, over the top. And uh, so we're kind of following their advice and what we're doing and how we're doing. And we're not doing this blindly. We're actually following some models they've given to us. And, and, and uh, you know, if we f- do this and we actually come, come uh, uh, faithfully provide all that we say we're going to do, then mm-hmm. there's a really good chance that they will accept uh, what we do uh, as full credit if, mm-hmm. if guys would transfer to one of these uh, different seminaries. Okay. So, so yeah, so the, that, that's kind of what I was asking, like the, yeah. the, the credits the, so, for transfer. So if a guy then, it, which I'm hoping would happen, a guy stands up and says, you know what, Pastor, I've been praying. We've been thinking about, you know, being a missionary or whatnot. And, and you know, there's a number of things we would work with that guy through. Um, but if that proves to be uh, fruitful, then the next step would be, all right, let's finish out your seminary training. Because like at Belcroft, to be a missionary, you gotta have you gotta have a seminary degree. Mm-hmm. You know that didn't used to be that way, but in our revitalization, that was one of the things we we made really clear because that just changes so much. Yeah. It changes the depth of the man, it changes the character of the man, changes everything. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we would say, all right, let's you know you've completed this. Let's we think you should go to this seminary. Let's go down there. We'll send you off for two years. Let's finish it out. Get your MDiv. Come back. We'll do an internship. We'll send you off. You know, that's mm-hmm. how it would work. Even even if even as a pastor, it would be much the same. Okay. Yeah. So uh, so as we're wrapping this up, here's here's uh, three I think critical uh, components and convictions that are going to mark the Shepherd's Institute that I honestly I can honestly say will set it apart from most seminaries, not all seminaries, but most seminaries. And it's this one. It's it's the conviction of the man. So the three pastors are deeply, deeply uh, committed to training men who are marked by biblical conviction. Mm-hmm. It's one of the greatest deficiencies of the modern church. It is, has men that fill it and men that lead it that are not men of conviction. Conviction is everything. You can have wrong convictions, right? Mm-hmm. That's why I say biblical conviction. Mm-hmm. But biblical conviction is everything, right? And you live by biblical conviction. You lead by biblical conviction. And you die in biblical conviction. That's, that's, what, that's what we see with Christ. That's what we see with Paul. That's what we see with the early church. And what we see today in the modern church, they are whimsical. They're wishy-washy. They have no biblical conviction. We were talking, uh, you, you and I were talking yesterday about uh, some conversations you had about the Black Lives Matter and mm-hmm. the whole debacle of the critical race theory and, and the duplicity, right? The yeah. mediocrity. The, yeah. Here's the key word, the compromise. Mm-hmm. You never, ever compromise when you are marked by biblical conviction. Because mm-hmm. conviction comes with courage and it comes with commitment, right? You mm-hmm. can't have conviction without the two, mm-hmm. right? In, in its full understanding. So when you have that conviction, you have the courage then to what? Stay committed to it and you won't compromise. Mm-hmm. You won't go away. So, so the Shepherd's Institute is committed to training men according to biblical convictions, helping men establish that in their own hearts as the Word of God works by the Spirit of God on their hearts. Biblical conviction really driven by one ultimate thing, and that is the sufficiency of Scripture. That Scripture is sufficient for everything they need in life. They need nothing else than the Word of God. That is the core ultimate conviction we want to see established in every man that we train, that they are men who live by, lead by, and if God designs, die by an understanding and a commitment and conviction that the scriptures are completely, totally sufficient for everything. Mm -hmm. That's huge. Most seminaries know nothing of that. They're just just teaching them. They give them them the choice. 
Oh, really? Here's the truth. Now you choose which way you're going to uh, go. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's no choice gotcha. here. Yeah. This is the way. Walk mm-hmm. in it. Yeah. This is the right way. That's the wrong way. Mm-hmm. This is the only way, mm-hmm. right? Scripture is sufficient. It's not a debatable point. Mm-hmm. It's not a point of discussion. Mm-hmm. This is the truth. And I didn't say that. The Lord said it. Right. The Scripture says it mm-hmm. over and over again, mm-hmm. right? And so um, so that's number one. So it's building, it's building um, for lack of a better word, conviction, biblical conviction in the man, especially uh, uh, dealing with the um, sufficiency of Scripture. The other thing is building competency within the man, having men marked by, by uh, competency in all that they do in leadership, mm-hmm. seeking to train men up in how to lead, seeking to train men up in how to shepherd, seeking to train men up in how to counsel, seeking to train men up in how to lead a good elders meeting, how to lead a good deacons meeting, right. how to lead in their home, how to lead in their community. That's competency. Mm-hmm. Well, where this is key, right? Because what do you see in the modern church? You've got leaders who are not competent. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to lead. I mean, the coronavirus has shown that, right? And the coronavirus <laughs> yeah. has, been, has been one of the greatest, um, for lack of a better word, difficulties the church has had to face in, in centuries. I get that. So I'm not minimizing. No one's known what to do with coronavirus because we've never been here for over 100 years, mm-hmm. right? However, however, when you have been trained to be a competent leader, it doesn't matter what comes at you. You can thread that needle because the skills of the using the sword of the spirit never mm-hmm. change. Right. The gauntlet will change, mm-hmm. but the sword of the spirit and the skills at which you wield that spirit, mm-hmm. that sword by the spirit never change. So it's training men in competency. And where is where is the for lack of a better word, you brought it up a minute ago, where is the gymnazo where the man is trained? most effectively and most efficiently. Where church. is Amen. You nailed mm-hmm. it. The local church. Yep. The local church is that proving ground. Mm-hmm. The local church coupled with the family. So as the man of God is leading his family and he's invested in his church, those two come together and provide, for lack of a better word, basic training ground. Mm-hmm. No better training ground. Yeah. Don't send a guy to California or don't send him to Florida or don't send him to Kansas or don't send him to Dallas, Texas until he's been trained and proven in his home and in his local church. Then you can send him to those places to finish him off. Those are like special ops schools, right? You don't yeah. go, you don't go into you don't become a Navy SEAL and you don't become a Green Beret and you don't become a uh, an airborne guy until you've gone through the basic trainings and proven yourself and all of that, right? Mm-hmm. You don't, don't sign the dotted line and go right in to become a Navy SEAL. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work that way, yeah. right? You, you got to prove yourself. You got a whole lot of training to yeah, go through. You got to get some basics. You got to yeah. show faithfulness. You got to show competency, mm-hmm. right? And what do they do? They raise those guys up that show that. Then they send them off. Mm-hmm. Well, what we've done for what we've done for decades is we've just pulled guys in who have a who have a I believe a, a genuine pure desire to serve but they've never been trained. Mm-hmm. They've never been established in core convictions. Yeah. We send them off and what happens? Their convictions go all over the place. Yeah. They become charismatics, they become whatever, mm-hmm. and then their competency is lost. Or they go away from scripture altogether yes. Yes. and decide to do another major. Yes, because yeah. they should have been trained in their local church. Mm-hmm. So the local church becomes that. So you, you, without question, the priority of the local church in establishing the competence the competency of the man is foundational to what the Shepherd's Institute mm-hmm. is about. And then lastly, and maybe maybe most importantly, is you've got the conviction of the man, the competency of the man, and then the character of the man. Mm-hmm. If you look at Titus 1 and 1 Timothy 3, just about all those qualifications center around what? The character mm-hmm. of the man. Mm-hmm. And what is one of the biggest blights of the modern church it has men that fill the church mm-hmm. and men that lead the church who do not have Christ-like character. They, they call them, they're starting to call them moral failures, which I'm like, just call it the sin that it is. Exactly. You know, it's the moral, moral failures to me is, is, is kind of like telling the wrong story. You know, it's, it's, it's not, that's not what it is. The character, it's a, it's a character flaw. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's a character disaster. Yeah. That's what it is. Right. Mm-hmm. 
And um, so, so what? That's where those discipleship classes, those labs, those mm-hmm. interaction—that's what drives that. Mm-hmm. Is so you're going to get the, you're going to see the sufficiency of Scripture. You're going to learn that in every class. You're going to understand the the centrality of the local local church because everything you're going to be doing is going to be immersed in and through the local church. Mm-hmm. And then the pastors are going to be interacting with their guys at a very intimate level, seeing where they're at, hearing where they're at, and and essentially helping mold them where they need to be around Christ um, and trusting the Holy Spirit to do His work on the in, inside so that the man comes out of that training um you know, a man of conviction, a man of competency, and a man of character. Mm-hmm. That's really the core of why we're doing this, because we believe that's the church's job. We believe that's the church's responsibility, and we believe that's the church's greatest need. The greatest need is to have men conviction, men of competency, and men of character, and so we can't sit back and just wait for this to happen. Mm-hmm. We need to do it. Yeah, I can tell you're uh, a preacher because you you got three points <laughs> in, in everything that you say. You got you got to bring it around to those three points so they know. Just try to be clear. Yeah, just just, just, just trying to be clear. as clear as possible so that people understand and know and put it all into like one you know nice package. So it's like it's easy to remember. Elevator and, speech. That's yeah. what Marty calls it. Yep, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. C- conviction. Competency and character. Yep. You know, that's it's that's what you're building. Clear as mud. Yep. <laughs> Depends on what the state is. That's right. That's <laughs> yep. right. All right. Well, thank you all for listening to the Truth Talks podcast. Uh, ironically, I did get someone to answer me in an email form and circled what I put in a description saying that nobody notices what I put in there. Did you really? So one person did it, and I'm shouting her name out because uh, she is so awesome. You just mentioned her dad. So Ashlyn Orcordo was the only person who actually circled it and sent it to the truth talks at gmail, the truth talks podcast at gmail.com. Ashlyn. So Ashlyn, you are an angel. Yeah. People, people paying attention. And that's, that's, that's great. So we need to send her, we need to send her a gift. Yeah. It, we, we need to send her a gift from the truth talks podcast. Maybe a, a truth talks t-shirt, but we don't have any truth talks t-shirts. So we have to make up one or something. Well, like we that. have to come up with something. We'll, Ashlyn we'll has earned out. a gift from yeah, the truth. Talks. She has. The only person, and I, I yep. appreciate you all reading the uh, the, uh, the the <laughs> descriptions in on the on the podcast on your platform. And if you have not subscribed by now, please do so. Uh, I also, uh, Matt, you don't notice I got an email the other day uh, from we use Podbean uh, currently. Uh, we're um, over five thousand downloads just on Podbean, but we use Podbean. We were almost a year into recording the podcast. And we're on, so since, I think since April, we're at 5,000 uh Shows 5, you how much downloads. I know. You talking about Podbean, I'm thinking about coffee. <laughs> yeah, same, <laughs> same same concept, yeah. But but no, uh, it's, it's 5,000, so one, we appreciate you all listening, and we also appreciate you all sharing the podcast as well. Uh, we are doing this strictly uh, for, uh, one, to point it out, our local church. Uh, for our folks to grow, but we are more than welcome to help other churches grow to point the truth and the truth is going to talk. And that's the reason why we do the podcast. So um, it's no it's no coincidence that, you know, I'm telling you all or, or asking you all, uh, beseeching you all to go and uh, share the, the, the uh, podcast uh, as you uh, share it, as you uh, comment, you know, give us a five star review that gets pushed up. And we want to be pushed up past all of the mess that's uh, the podcast you can listen to now. Uh, we, we don't want to uh, be uh, uh, misconstrued. And, you know, people think that we are like the Joel Olstein or Steve Furtick that kind of pops up next to us as a as a suggestion, suggested uh, one. But in, in, in a way, I do want to be right next to those guys. Is if they click on us, they're going to get a rude awakening <laughs> on what we're teaching or what we're talking about versus uh, what they're talking about. And uh, they're going to ask a whole lot of questions and and finally the one question i want you to ask like the jailer uh with paul and silas uh, was it barnabas one one of his uh sidekicks what must i do to be saved in Acts 16 so but yeah thank you all for listening we appreciate you all supporting us as well um so if you have any questions please reach out to us at the truth talks podcast at gmail.com you can also give us a, a leave us a voicemail at 61288 truth and also visit our website at bellcroft.org thank you all for listening and now here is the gospel of jesus christ my name is jeffrey clausen i've been a member here of bellcroft for about a year 
And this is the gospel. The gospel starts out with God. God is holy, righteous, and just. And we are not. Man is sinful. We are sinful to the core. We're evil and wicked. And we break his laws every day. And therefore, since men are lawbreakers, we're lawbreakers. And God is just. He must give justice to all lawbreakers. And he will do that. He will send all lawbreakers to hell. But the good news is that God is also loving too. And we know that because he became a human being. He entered into the universe that he created and dwelt among us. He lived the perfect life. He, he obeyed. He never lied. He never lusted. He never stole. And then he willingly went on that cross, Jesus, and God the Father poured his wrath on Christ. We deserve the wrath of God. But Jesus took it on himself on that cross. He bore our sins on that cross. As it says in Isaiah 53, it was pleased the Father to crush his son so that he, Jesus, endured the wrath of God that we deserve and which now allows us to be righteous through his son. He took the penalty, and but then Christ imputes his righteousness to us and all our sin goes on him. So that when we stand before God on Judgment Day, we're going to be seen as righteous. That is the good news. That is the amazing good news. That we can be seen as pure, righteous, before a holy and righteous God. All because of what Christ did on the cross for our sin. So that's what we rejoice in. That is the gospel. And that's the thing we will continue to proclaim for the rest of our lives. Thanks for tuning in to this. Please subscribe to the podcast and leave a comment. If you have a question, please send them to the Truth Talks Podcast at gmail.com. Visit our Instagram and Twitter at the Truth Talks Podcast. And visit our website at bellcroftbiblechurch.org. Delighting in the word that we might walk in the truth. A ministry of Bellcroft Bible Church.